You're listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tanil. Tanil, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started a podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. It's hard to imagine this laid-back Aussie dude sporting no shoes, looking like he'd drop in on your wave any moment, is co-founder of iconic Aussie brand Labent. He talks to us today about the birth of a sock and ski apparel company that is taking on the big guns and is not going to stop anytime soon. Welcome, Simon, to Loving the Snow Life. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Simon's from Labent, um, an amazing manufacturer of clothing for the ski industry. Um, we'll go into what you manufacture very soon, but mm-hmm. tell us where you started, because we know you've got a very amazing life of, as a child in the ski industry. So tell us how that happened. I would like to, I would like to know how, um, yeah, I've heard from multiple sources you're running around Perisher as a brat. Oh. <laughs> so, I don't know who those sources are, but I'll get on top of them. Don't worry yeah. About. <laughs> um, it's probably true, but I was pretty fortunate. So I, I grew up in Sydney and then um, when I was 14, I moved down to Jindabyne. So my dad, he got a job at Perisher and he, um, he moved into being the CEO down there. So that sort of allowed me to turn into a bit of a brat. Um, <laughs> In <laughs> so, Emma's words. Yeah. Um, so I, I was, believe yeah, it was Rat Pack. A Rat Pack? There yeah. was definitely a Rat Pack down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was, very, I was very fortunate. You know, the change from Sydney down to the mountains, it was a good change. But we'd always, we'd always been a skiing family, you know, for one or two weeks a year. Dad was in the ski patrol and the, the Australian ski patrol for, you know, since I was a kid and growing up. So we're, that's why we're down there. But then to, to move down there, that was, you know, that was, that was sort of a game changer. Yeah. How old were you? So 14. 14. Oh, wow. So a teenager too. Yeah. Did you wow. go to school in Jindy or Cooma or where? Cooma. So, okay. yeah, it was halfway through year nine. So we moved down at the start of the season. So that was like um, June 2000, oh, sorry, 1996 it was. Yeah. Um, and that's when I, I was introduced to some of the, some of the cool kids in, in my grade. And that was Andrea Birchtold and Aaron Dibley. And these guys were mogul skiers. And Andrea was a world yeah. junior champion. Yep. And so that's when I saw these guys and me being a skier and I was looking up to these guys. It's like, okay, that's, that's where I've got to be and that's who I, I want to hang around. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, that sort of led the next couple of years of getting into mogul skiing and, and training and skiing with these guys. It was, yeah. it was good fun. On top of dream, were you part of that, <clears throat> making that run happen? Yes. Yep. Tommy was a coach of ours for <laughs> yeah. a number of years. The, the That's where thing. the Rat Pack came from. Sure. That, is, <laughs> that, that is where the Rat Pack came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are your knees holding out these days? They're all right. Plenty <laughs> Perfect. Of, plenty of fish oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Touch wood, they're, they're still doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so did you leave? Jindabyne when you became an adult to, or you always faced yourself like when you came 18 and kind no, of no I, I did leave I came back up to Sydney yeah um, because I grew up surfing so I, I really missed the surf and I found it hard doing winter 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 I, I had to I had to surf so summertime I'd be back up here I actually lived up in Avalon and Wild Beach for a number of years in the summer and then back down at Jindabyne um, and then I went over to Europe in 2002 so I went to France in Val d'Isere I was only going to go for the season and then come back here. Yeah. Oh, a story of everyone's life in the industry. <laughs> oh, shit. It was, it, was, it, was, it was that good that I stayed for three years. Yeah. Before I came home. And I, in the summer, I bought a, uh, a combi. We travelled around Europe and went down to Morocco. Came back up in the middle of summer to Hossigal. Um, that's oh. on the west coast of France. Yep. Yeah. Surfing surf, Mecca. Surf Mecca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And that's when my eyes lit up again. So I've got Hossigal. In the summertime, I've got Valdezan in winter. I'm, like, I'm not going home. Yeah. Um, so that, that was kind of my stint over there. And then I ended up doing six or seven years based in Valdezan in winter and then um, Hossigal in summer. Nice, nice. And then went, okay, how do I keep this lifestyle? Correct. Right. Yeah. So ultimate so, question, isn't it, for yeah. everyone? How can I keep this how, lifestyle? How do you keep doing this? Because, you know, you're getting older and then you're like, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Reality sort of kicks in that you are getting older and as much as you don't want it to happen. <laughs> it keeps happening. <laughs> it's kind of a joy to grow old because you're not dead, yeah. but it's like, oh my gosh, I'm still, <laughs> I've got I've to sustain a lifestyle. Yeah, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, and while I was in Valdezere, and this is sort of a bit of background to, to 
to the brand and the company how we started, I was lucky enough to um, to work in a, a boot fitting store over there. I was down to like my last 50 bucks or whatever it was and I've, I've been putting my resume into just about everywhere, even cleaning dishes, yeah. chalets, didn't matter. And then I walked into this boot fitting store and it was run by a couple of Aussies and they rec- they recognised my name and, and they gave me the job there. So they, those guys, Ian Thomas and Matt Smith, yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. They, they essentially saved me from having to come back home because I was out of money and they sort of kicked kick-started the, the boot fitting career over there oh you did so you did boot fitting did you yeah yeah right yeah. okay so then with could you speak of, any french no okay no none so <laughs> europeans i would like a lot of british tourists would go that is, there's a, yeah. a very british resort. yeah yeah um, so yeah. no it wasn't essential to speak french <laughs> like are you yeah so how long did you do the boot fitting for then that was for the six years six seasons so you learned a lot about feet I learned a lot about feet. I had previous experience with feet being my own feet, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> we've all got um, them. <laughs> my, um, <laughs> um, from sort of a, my skiing background, you know, yeah. growing oh, up skiing. And I, I forgot to ask, how far did you, how well did you go with your moguls back in the oh, yeah. day before you left? I was in the Aussie development team um, oh. for a number of years, and then um, when free skiing sort of came in and started taking off in slope style, and yeah. Um, that side of the sport took off. That's when I said, "See you later, to the moguls." I was no good at I was no good at the serious training behind being a good mogul athlete, which yeah. means the gym. I was terrible at it. Yeah, okay. I, I was a skier. I just wanted to ski. Yeah, mountains. So then, big mountains kind of came the new thing, didn't it? That's right. So yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of an evolution from mogul skiing into free riding, and then in Europe, and then taking that to the backcountry and big mountain free riding. So yeah, that was sort of my background and being sponsored for all those years, and and then knowing how who were you sponsored by. Uh, Oakley was probably my long-time sponsor. Uh, I was picked up by them when I was 16. That's huge. Then, yeah. yeah, Oakley at 16. All your friends down in Cooma. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Would have been like, what? I think it was the, the frog skin. It was. It was a frog skin party and, and Oki was down there. I yeah. think he was, Oki was getting loose and that's when I was first getting I was like, this is, I've got to be on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so nice. it, was, it was Oakley and Salomon and then a couple of other brands throughout, <laughs> the, throughout the years, but they were sort of the main ones. Mm. Um, but then also, you know, going back to the boots, just knowing how critical boots are to, to your skiing. You know, if you're not fitted correctly, your days are on and you, just, you, know, you can't ski anyway. Yeah. So that was, quite a, that was sort of the, the whole experience from, you know, growing up in skiing and understanding yeah. feet and boots and then mm. boot fitting on a, more of a, a professional level yeah. and how critical that was. Um, and then to your point, you know, did you think about being a podiatrist or went, no thanks, I'd rather go. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's the learning side behind it. Yeah, yeah no, know. I wasn't that. <laughs> no. I wasn't that um, astute at getting that detailed into the feet. I, I just wanted to create something so I could keep skiing. Yeah, yeah. so Labent was created from there. So, where has the Labent name come from? The look comes from the good times in France that, you know, for six, seven years living over there, um, the good time ideals of the French mountain life. The bent comes from bending the norm, doing things differently, the idea of blending merino and bamboo. Yeah. Um, and back in 2010, merino really hadn't been blended with anything. There was, they were starting to look at synthetics, but nothing like a natural fibre like that we have. Um, so, yeah, that's the Le Bent. Um, so, on your branding... Yeah. There's a little accent over the L, the E. Is that meant to be there? The Frenchies say no, we say yes. Ah. We know <laughs> grammatically it shouldn't be there, but we do it to piss them off and we love it. <laughs> Bending the norm. Bending, so, Bending the norm. When you go to France, does everyone comment about that? No, only those who want to make a point. So <laughs> we let them and we give it back. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's what we're all about, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's about having, you know, we have fun. You know, everything about the brand and what we do. and It is, and yeah. And the lifestyle. It's a fun lifestyle. That's, yeah. why we, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. So how did you decide bamboo? You said synthetic. Was that an easy option to go down? But you went, no thanks. I know feet. That's it, not going to work on skiing and sweating and cold. It, it, when we, my business partner Anthony and I, yep. um, I've got a business partner. Yeah. Um, when we looked to start up the brand, you know, we, we wanted to work with Merino. We knew the benefits of Merino, and you know, been scanning Merino for, for years and years and loved it. Yeah. But we wanted to do something different because, again, going to the marketplace, doing a Merino product, we're going to compete with everybody. Yeah. But we also weren't content with Merino and the hand feel and how it felt on the body, and we thought we could enhance it. We didn't know how, but we thought we could do it better. Yeah. Um, and this was over a period of time. We didn't want to work with synthetics. We always wanted to find something that was a, a natural, um, raw material. Yeah. And we're looking at lots of different options, and nothing was really sort of sticking out with the attributes that we need in, in you know, in our, um, in our sports. 
And then I saw bamboo and linen and I was in t-shirts and I started looking into that a little bit further. And then Nike actually came out with a bamboo running sock. Yeah. In 2010, I sort of I looked at that. And I said, "Holy, well, what's mm. this all about? You know, yeah. running performance and you know, foot sweaty." So we looked into it, and then the, the the benefits that you get from from the bamboo fiber was very similar to what you need, you know, in in a ski sock, running sock, whatever it be. Yeah. And so that's when we that aha moment came. I'm like, "Holy shit! All right, maybe we can blend bamboo and merino." Mm. Um, and the attributes, and probably the kicker for bamboo is that it's it's like in a silk or cashmere. It's just got this beautiful hand feel. So we it. It took us two years to 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 blend this and, and with R and D. So we did yeah. different compositions. Um, Where's we, your, where was your R and D? It was in house. It was okay. with our factories, and then we also did with the CSIRO. In Australia? Oh, really? Yeah, we did some work with the CSIRO to okay. once we had the blends, and that was a little bit later on. But that was to um, uh, help in the effects of peeling, which is the boiling of the meat. Yeah, like so cashmere gets. Yeah, so durability, yeah. peeling, mm-hmm. um, and then some different tests that we needed to do to make sure that it, it really would stack up and that we'd get that um, that sort of um, template set so that we had that ongoing. And so when we're looking at you know what sort of blends are best for Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, we're looking at different compositions, high merino to bamboo, vice versa. Yeah. Um, and what we stumbled upon is what we're still using today, which is a, um, a 70-30 composition of yeah. bamboo uh, to merino. So you get all the benefits and um, enhancements that you have from the merino, temperature regulation, mm. moisture management from the merino, but you just get this luxurious handful from bamboo. So yeah. the 30 is the merino, is it? Correct. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then what would you say that like the technology, like what kind of machine were used to make that blend did you have to wait till the technology emerged or were you able to do a no like this is what we want and we'll build a machine to pretty do much it. it took us a couple of it took us uh, a few factories to to get the right guys to be able to do yeah. the blend for us mm-hmm. to do, not only just to do the blend but you've also got to look at twist count you know on, on how the fibers are twisted together yeah um the length of the fibers as well you know there's a, there's a lot of technicalities um and innovation that has to go into that because if they're bound if they're wound too tight they don't breathe as well they don't absorb the moisture as well yeah if they're too loose then you get that pilling so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it and that's why again we're so two years set. worth of that going and now it's going to be all in cool. were you the the foot tester the sock tester there's quite a few there's quite a few of us because you get a lot of samples done and then you yeah we'd have to send it to some of Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere. And interestingly, a ski sock isn't like you can't have too much gathering on your, you know, or, or on your shin because I don't know. You, I find if you buy like a walking sock from Kathmandu or something and you put it into a ski boot, it doesn't work. Or if it's too thick, like that's yeah. the biggest common thing that people come to the snow with, don't they? They're like yeah. come in and they've got these footy football socks, socks on. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, no, don't either, do it. It's either footy socks or ankle socks. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But some socks have got these marks on them that, you know, along your shin or they've got something the that's line. on their toe, their ridge line. Yeah. So that's really important in a sock. Correct. So so in a ski sock. There's two, there was two sides to us developing our, you know, the, the first sort of technical ski sock that we took to market. One was to create a, a fibre or a yarn or, and a blend that was totally different to what was in the marketplace and, yeah. and in our opinion and, um, you know, a, a, a nicer blend um, that performed. The second one is the technical stitching as well, and how the sock actually fits on the so- on the foot, yep. um, and how it perfect- and, and how it really sort of molds to the foot. And so a lot of that comes down to the the, um, the elastics and the, the fit that you get over the foot. So yeah. you have the right elastics to form fit it. You've got to have the right seams in the right place. You've got to this thing called vertical stretch on how that sock will stretch up the leg, yep. and then also cross stretch and how wide that can go, and have this memory so it comes back. Without all of that, yeah, you're not going to have the perfect fit. Yep. The stuff that goes into a sock, and when people see a sock and they think a sock's a sock, mm. a sock's not a sock. No, yeah, a sock yeah, is yeah. not a sock. That's your next logo. Yeah. A sock is not a sock. It'll either make or break your day, you know. Yeah, sock. yeah. Wow, well, I bet you when you're going down those moguls and you're in the Rat Pack, you're not thinking, well, I'm going to know everything about a sock. <laughs> I, I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about nothing back then. Yeah, that's awesome. I thought I, I knew a lot, but I knew nothing. I, no, yeah, well, as we all do. <laughs> <laughs> What's that expression about, like, when I was 10, my father didn't know anything, but he's learned a lot now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, all of us. So the progression, so your natural progression was like, okay, people love this. Yep. So you got a link, you were distributing to Australia first yep. or you thought, or Europe first? Where no, you were was, no, it was Australia first. So we launched in 2012 with our first ski top yep. and that sold out that season. That was great. Um, and so everybody was, they loved it. Yeah. Um, and it gave us a confidence to, to really back the brand and the product. 
um, we knew we were onto a winner, um, yep. and that's when we sort of expanded the range a little bit in the socks and, and offered uh, different weights, you know, ultralight and light. It then gave us the understanding that what we'd created in a yarn for the socks, we could create into a fabric for base layers and headwear. Yeah. So that was the natural progression. Mm-hmm. Yep. So not only did we have the same attributes that we had in the socks, that flowed into the base layers, which is what you need, you know, temperature regulation, yeah. moisture wicking, but most importantly for us was that hand feel, and, and most of our customers will, will that's talk why about you, it. That's why they purchase it. Yeah. It's, it's this luxurious feel that, that yeah. performs. Yeah. I, I find it's good. Like I'm one of those people that gets itchy with clothes. And so I find I'll wear my Labent thermals underneath whatever else I have, whether I'm loading up on three other things because I, I just like the smoothness on my skin. Mm. I hate well, being itchy. That was one of our key selling points in the early days because, again, <clears> we're going up against Icebreaker yeah. and Smart, mm. well, like the, the industry leaders. And they were the guys that we really wanted to knock off. You yeah. know, when I say knock off, to knock them down. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. needed, we needed to get market share from these guys. Yeah. Our point of difference was that we we had the same performance as you know with the merino attributes with these guys, but the hand feel allowed us to walk in there and sit side by side by these global companies, but offer a point of difference where if a customer came in and said, "Look, I I like merino, but I have this irritation or this allergy on my skin that I really can't wear it," without the customer needing to be well, not needing, but um, to then wear a synthetic, yeah. the option now was mm-hmm. a product by us that had merino in it um, that didn't irritate or cause allergies yeah. on the skin that still gave those benefits. Yeah. So we really have this position in the marketplace that we could sit side by side by these high-performing global merino brands, but with a point of difference that nearly covered you know 100% of the customer base now. And yeah. I notice even with my daughter, she's one of those girls that hates wearing any kind of stockings or socks. And the so she will often go to the snow and just be wearing silly cotton things because I can't get any on her. But then I put the Labent, that pink one, on. It's the only one her foot will tolerate. And I've lost one of the socks. You know how you lose one in the the wash? Yeah, they go under. You don't know why. They both went in together, but they both don't come out. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Because, again, that's what we sort of found. And it was... Going back to the early days of what yeah. we wanted to do, we just mm. wanted to make a product that we thought we can enhance Marina and what was in the marketplace, and it just evolved into exactly that. You know, mm. customers would find that if they had that irritation or allergies to Marina, that yeah. our product would not, they wouldn't find that, that, that irritation or that problem with our product. So, so how many weight, weight sizes do you have in the base layers? Like, uh, you- we've now got three. Three. So, we've got yeah. tw- a 260 gram, which is our cold, you know, most heavy weight for really cold conditions, minus 10 to minus 20 degrees. Yep. Now, 200 grams is the most versatile. That's probably the best for Australia. That's yeah. generally sort of zero to minus 10 degrees. And we've got a new summer weight, um, 150, 160 gram. Um, that's uh, in development now, and we'll be releasing that this September for, for T-shirts. T-shirts, so, yep. yeah. So it's okay. T-shirt range, and then we start to expand the assortment So do you, do you ex- see yourself as having a standalone retail outlet in a couple of years, or that's not that's not where you want to be? You're no. going to just support the guys that have got your stockers? Mm. And- Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, we've got, a, we've got an amazing um, wholesale business. You know, we've got really, really good supportive retailers that we want to, you know, stand by. Um, yes. And, uh, and then also for us, it's we're, we're, we're not in that position to even really look at that, you know, support the wholesalers, support the distributors. Um, and the importance of e-com for us and, and most brands these days is that you can really get the brand messaging out to, to the audience, yep. which then flows onto all your retailers and partners mm-hmm. um, so that you have this consistent tone of voice as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's very important. So, so I'd imagine a big part of that is your ambassadors, your athletes. Yep. So yeah. they're out there, you know, they're, they're amazing. Like Cody, like yeah. how, how like he's just massive he's just huge how did, how did you get Cody Townsend I, I love <laughs> how do you get your athlete yeah I love this story um, to get him on board you know for a, that was a massive accomplishment um, yes but also for a small small Aussie company you know you look at some of these guys that we have on board and it's it's quite humbling and, and really rad you know but, but Cody I've been looking up to Cody for years obviously you know as a skier and seeing what he does and yeah. he's amazing and and I got his contact through a buddy of ours, and I just hit him up and said, "Look, I've got one of the best socks in the market. You're one of the best skiers. We, you know, been watching you and following you for years. I, I, I just want to send you some product. Yeah, you know, give some feedback. If, if there's an opening, if we can do something fantastic, but just test these things out." Um, he he was open to that, but he also said he's on a trip to the Himalayas doing something for Salomon. And I said, "Yeah, okay, no worries. I'll send it over." Um, then I saw a, one of his Instagram posts before he left and it was what he's packing and there's our socks in there yes I said okay cool we're in with a shot here <laughs> yeah and I let it go for about 
maybe two months because I knew he was over on this expedition and then I just I hit him up and I said okay so have you had time to test these things out properly and what's your feedback and he goes man these are the best socks I've ever worn yeah and I just shot back and said I told you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome <laughs> so, so then I we looked at his contract and you know there was an opening for his feet and his socks weren't covered um Oh, really? So oh, that went down to... Wow. Yeah. So, so all like, the sponsors were like, okay, yep, now you can yeah, get on board. Yeah, a, a bit of a strange one. <laughs> so then I, I hit him up and just said, you know, okay, let's let's look at doing something bigger. You know, we need to do a pro model, but, you know, what can we do? Because, you know, just us designing a sock and putting your name on it, that's been done, you know. Have you got any thoughts? You know, yeah. I've got some ideas, but have you got any thoughts? And he goes, okay, look, I've got trust in you guys now because I've, I've tested these products and I love what it's all about. I've been constructing this sock over the last one and a half years. Um, he said that? He said that, yep. Mm-hmm. So he goes, I've been constructing this sock. It's a backcountry touring sock. It hasn't been done. I've taken it to some companies and they're unwilling or unable to do it. He goes, okay, I've got the confidence to share it with you guys. That's my eyes lit up. And he said, you think you could do it? Oh, I haven't seen the design yet. I said, of course we can. No worries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took me to Aussie guys. Yeah, we, can, yeah. we can do it. Don't we worry about it. We can do this. We'll be right. Um, <laughs> And then just the back and forth, he, he sketched it all up and sent me through the design of his sock. Um, and when I first saw it, I, I knew we could do it. So I, I had the confidence in that. Mm-hmm. Within about two and a half months, we'd taken his, he just sketched it on a piece of paper, emailed it through, took his concept and designs, sampled constructions, um, had him testing it, yeah. um, seeing it out the field. And then we, we took it to market. Uh, three months later, so he was blown away with how wow, fast we could that, move. Wow, yeah, that's a huge fast turnaround. And what did did he call it something, or you called it something? He called it. Well, he we, called it. Yeah, it was. We kind of came up with it together. It kind of made sense. The first, the first model that came out from his was Le Send. You know, uh-huh, oh yeah, well, yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was built for the way up to send on the way down. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And this was a, and it was the world's first specific backcountry touring sock. And mm. it picked up multiple awards overseas. And mm. um, what did it? What have? awards do you go? The sock awards. Sock awards. <laughs> they're, left, they're left and the right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it got, it got these awards at the trade show. Yeah, um, awesome. Categories, you know, without outside magazine. You know, yeah. What, socks what, under. what is the quality of a backcountry sock? So the way that he designed it, what 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 he needed, because okay, this guy's living and breathing that stuff, mm. you know, all through winter, and he designed it so the biggest the biggest issue, guys, when they're touring is that they get heel lift. You mm. know, so as soon as the heel's yeah. lifting in the back of the boot, you're getting slippages or you're getting wrinkling of the sock, and so you're getting blisters. Mm. So the sort of aha moment is the silicon bonds at the back of the back of the sock, which literally grip to the liner and stop the sock and the heel from lifting. So and it's an incredible feeling as soon as the foot goes in there. You can feel that grip, and you're literally locked into the back of the liner of the boot, so your heel's not lifting out, not of, the, lifting. out of that liner. Surely, anymore. a pair of footy socks could do the same thing, couldn't they? <laughs> potentially, if they. Potentially, if they stick on there. The knife out yeah. of Emma. <laughs> from Simon. No, no way. That's amazing. Like just a little simple technology yeah. like that. And a thought what, process well, from Cody, a, from actual skier. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cody called it the Durr. You know, because yeah. when you look at it, you go, duh, that hasn't been done. Well, yeah. You know, and it's one of yeah, those simple things, but it takes somebody mm. who's doing that every single day. And and, and if it's like that little pebble in your shoe, you know, it becomes annoying. And if you're out 3Ks and then you get that blister, mm. well, you might be going for a three-day trip. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's ruined. Mm. And there's other things on that sock that hadn't been done in ski socks, you know, more mesh paneling over the entire foot on the top of the foot for more breathability. Yeah. Which we just took the tech from our running socks because you need that. Um, that sort of heat um, temperature regulation because when you're skinning you're using a lot more strength and your feet are sweating a lot more so you have to have more breathability padding in the front of the toes for cushioning when you're at the front of the boots when you're you're skinning because your toes are getting getting pushed right at the front Um, and a little bit more uh, a little bit more construction around the um, the leg of the sock so it's a lot tighter fit so it doesn't slip down as well so there's a lot of stuff that went into that sock Mm. which if you weren't doing it like Cody does, you wouldn't be thinking of these things. And yeah, that's exactly. why he brought it to us and yeah. we took it to market. That's huge, you know, because backcountry is all that anyone wants to do now. They're like, mm. especially now that the borders are kind of they're closed. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm going to hate to see the Australian backcountry this year and see what's going to go out there. But <laughs> hopefully people are doing avalanche courses and educating themselves. No, but wearing the socks as well. <laughs> because, no, but it, it's such a big market for you guys now. The backcountry sock. I yeah, think. it is. Yeah, no, it is. It, it, it's a growing market. Yeah, um, and it has been for a number of years. Yeah, and people are looking for something different as well. They're looking for the freedom, 
as yeah. the resorts are getting busier and busier. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, more expensive. More expensive, mm-hmm. all of those things. I think it was the right place, right time. Definitely. Um, but it's also, it's a... It's one of those things that people aspire to, yeah. you know, whether or not they can get out there, but they look at people living in the backcountry and mm. it's an aspirational sort of thing as well. I love your new socks that you've given, Corellas. Oh, yeah. So the actual longitude and latitude like that mm. is, I love that, I love that positioning of the brand. Is that and not also, meant to be a secret? That oh, no, 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 no. No, we've released that now. Oh, yeah. So that's all part of our core okay. range. Yeah. Um, we wanted to release it this time last year, but mm-hmm. COVID put a, a stop to that. So we um so we we've just released all of that. So all of our core products there, it's everything that's black. It's the core range. It doesn't change from yep. year to year. Um, and we've got coordinates. So all the core socks have these coordinates. And the core socks, which we released a couple of weeks ago, the coordinates are to the table in Valdezere, and that's a yeah. throwback to our heritage in Valdezere and the boot fitting days. Yep. Um, and that runs one of our favourite runs from the you know when you're boot fitting and you get a two hour lunch, you could just go straight up the gondola, a fifteen minute hike, and you on top of this. This cool while going straight down into town. That's mm. insane. It's on my list. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. The one you're talking about, Carruthers, yeah. that's on our headwear yeah. and accessories. Okay. Yeah. We just released that one yesterday. So again, oh, this I've is cool. Finger on the pulse. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're following. <laughs> that one, that one, obviously, and these are all meaningful um, coordinates and positions and lines that mm. are that, that are really meaningful to the company and asset and me and, and Anthony. Yeah. Um, and so Carruthers is one of my favourite backcountry runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work to get out there. Yeah, it you is. Know, you stay out there for a couple of days, but it's western facing and you get the sun, sunsets. Yeah. But also the vertical, you know, the vertical skiing that you can get, you get yeah. the right conditions and this, it's yeah. all time. I grew up like teaching at Charlotte Pass. Yeah. <laughs> and like grew up going to Charlotte Pass as a kid and just coming up with the chairlift all the time. You're like, there's Cozzy, there's Carruthers, there's, you know, and yeah. I'm like, oh, you did a longitude latitude for my one of my favourites. It was like, okay, I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was so there's, really... there's a story behind it. Yeah. And, and what we're, so that, that's a meaningful side to what what it means to the company and to us. Yeah. But where we're we're expanding that is we're, we're building this community as well. So we're partnered with Fat Maps. So our lines are uh, are on Fat Maps under the Labent account. Yeah. Um, and so we're starting to build this company that you know our community can start to put their favourite lines mm. into. Um, into fat maps, so we can start sharing and you know get our ambassadors and start to build, you know. But again, with that comes the backcountry awareness, like you mentioned before, exactly. Yeah, so you know, the, the needs and, and so we and, work with the backcountry tour company in Australia, like we, yeah, we um, with one of those guys, yeah, Dougie we, Chapman down there out of out of um, out of Guffier, yeah, he's some, somebody that you know, experienced, yeah, um, that's what you want, though, yeah, like, yeah, you, you need these guys, but also you got to have you got to have the understanding that. Even in Australia, you know, there may not be a lot of avalanches, but the conditions are heavy. Mm-hmm. You can go out there on, on a yeah. day that's it's, it's a bluebird. There's no weather forecast for five days, and you'll be, you know, you'll be six hours out in the western face, and then you just get sucked in with this weather. You can't even see your hand in front of yourself, and that'll yeah. take you all day. So unless you're prepared to bunker down and you've got the right conditions and the equipment sorry, so true. to sit out that, or mm-hmm. you can understand how to sit it out, you get yourself in trouble. So there's all this awareness, even in Australia. And, on how to be safe in the backcountry. And, mm. and, yeah, and definitely. I think it's really important because, you know, I mean, Emma was there, a, a side story in Japan, Emma was there when my hubby went backwards down a crevasse in Japan. And she, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. bunch of us going down off the dam run at Toronto. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, you want to have the right equipment when you're caught out the back like your hubby was. Yeah, well, we didn't have the equipment in Japan. We were, he was, we were just skiing a side run we weren't even backcountry we were nothing and it was like oh so anyway he escaped which was a good thing yeah gg lucky oh, um, oh. yeah he was went backwards and <clears throat> ski poles you know and he was he was down there he couldn't see the bottom he couldn't yeah scary yeah huh? it was really scary and you know and after that emma had, emma had actually you'd already done your avalanche course but you yeah we were just skiing side and and like, you know it was like everyone stay where you are in case it slides more and someone turns around to me and say didn't you just do your avalanche course? And I went, yes, and I'm standing here with no equipment. Yeah. Like, we're all idiots, you know? Yeah, so yeah. So then I did my avalanche course in Canada, which I highly recommend to anyone to do. But you need more than that, though. You need a lot of common sense. Yeah. A lot of people just go out there without a lot of common sense, and you know, and they haven't got the right gear. Yeah. That's a nightmare. They get pretty eager as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not- so I just want to say something about your socks again, because I actually wear them all year round, and I... I only partly treat them as a ski sock because I wear them skiing. But so Jake wears them for work every day. Yeah. <laughs> and when I pack away all the ski stuff, he gets cranky. He'll say, where are the ski socks? Don't pack them away. 
And I was wearing them, um, I wore them to a 40th under these jeans two weeks ago because yes. it was cold. And I think I wore them at the ski sh- snow and yesterday when yeah. we were with the, sk- yeah, yeah. the snowshed. So they're more of like a, and when my kids went to camp, I actually packed my nephew as well as my son. I said, wear, I know you have to wear those socks, but actually wear these because you can wear them the whole week and they don't smell. And I even said, do me a test and get back. Yeah. So <laughs> she's doing So they're kind of like, they're marketed as ski socks, but they're really kind of all year rounders, aren't they? We hear this a lot. Yeah. You're not the only yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's why, obviously, you know, we're sort of, over the last few years, we, we've also expanded into the outdoor market. So we've got a lot of hiking socks, trail yeah. running socks, running socks, bike socks now. Um, but what you've just said is quite common for a lot of our customers. You know, they wear our socks skiing. And then when they come back into the cities or wherever they are, they're still wearing our socks. One, because they're comfortable. Yeah. Two, because they perform so well. They're warm, whatever it is. But they're, they're wearing our ski socks. That now has led us to then move into some more lifestyle stuff that we're designing and developing for future ranges. So that when you've you know finished skiing with your ski socks, you can actually put your ski socks back in your you know yeah, yeah. and pull yeah. out your lifestyle ones and you... pull out your work socks yeah. and your everyday sock and because oh, currently cool. now you know we we use our trail running socks or our bike socks or the, the micro run socks, which is kind of like a no show sock, and they're our sort of performance everyday sock. But again, yeah. they are performance driven. But mm. it, it made perfect sense because of that again that yarn that we've got mm. it just evolved into wearing every single day yeah 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 yeah. so yeah what you've just said is is quite common for a lot of our customers what's well, good is I mean sense. that's how you succeed you fix a problem yeah you know or your socks obviously do that massively and yeah. so does your base layers like I I wear a lot of clothes when it's minus 35 <laughs> minus 34 but this year well before COVID when I was living in Canada we had minus 27 days you know and I was like I just here I go again, pissing in your pocket. I really don't. Keep I really, pissing, I like it. I know, I really don't mean to, but your stuff is really good. And I actually just had to wear the bottom back, the bottom base layer, you know, another jacket and my, you know, Snow Life Chores jacket, <laughs> the hoodie. Yeah. But it was amazing the amount of clothes I could get rid of because I had the right clothes on. Yeah. The breathability, you know, the amazing clothes. Yeah, Emma's showing photos. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> That's yesterday. There you go. Oh, funny. Yeah, so it's like, but a solution. You're fixing solutions out there that are problems that you know from being in the ski industry for so long, and now it's transferring into different worlds and different lifestyles yeah. as well. So that's a great way to grow your brand. Exactly. Like, yeah, and you think of stockings. I mean, stockings have gone out of fashion, haven't they? So when you're cold, I don't. I haven't worn them for 20 years. Remember we used to wear stockings? <laughs> yeah, I do. And now I just wear... Labette socks up to my knee underneath my jeans. It's, yeah, well, yeah. Well, what, so thanks for what you said, for what you said before. Because I like you pissing my pocket. It's great. <laughs> I, know, I know. I don't do it often. But, but when I love something, I'm like, yeah, I'll sell it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but there, there, there's an opportunity there. You know, so they hear that from direct from the customers and the consumers because that's that's the most important thing. We know what what our products like, but if you're hearing that from your consumer saying, "Yeah, hey man, like we wear your socks when we're skiing, but we can't take them off yeah. when we get home." You know, we wear them around the house, we wear them to the office, we wear them every day. You're like, "What's the opportunity? Why yes. why are they why are they wearing it? Because mm. it's that good." Okay, well now what do we need to do so that our customers can actually have a, a sock that's actually designed for that purpose? Yeah. You know, yeah. so so that's that's sort of the evolution of the brand and you know, we're playing in the, you know, mm. Snow's our heritage. Yep. You know, that's what we do. That's what we love. Yeah. Um, and obviously the, the natural progression, because we've got the technology there, was going into hiking and outdoor socks. And, yeah. Um, and base layers, mid layers, T-shirts for different different seasons. Yeah. Um, trail running, which is a big one for us because of the performance base in our socks. Yeah, of course. Mountain biking. Yeah. But the, the one that we see um, as having that sort of cut through now is what you've just spoken about, which is more that lifestyle yep. range as well, which yeah. complements, so, you know, well, you think of the think of a skier. A skier is an active person yeah. who is also going to be camping, traveling, going out, um, and possibly where like we want to look nice when we go out, but we don't mind That's also functional. being comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's right. You know, so yeah. it's a, they want to, they want to have good you know they want to have good gear. They yeah. want to be comfortable. So yeah, that's exactly all right. the stuff that they wear when they're skiing or boarding or running yeah. or whatever it might be. But they get back home, you know, they finish their holidays or they finish their weekend away and they can put the same gear on mm. um, and they feel uncomfortable in the office or in the house. And also you yeah. want to have something like, I don't like fast fashion. I don't like supporting fast fashion. So I like to have something where I just want to have it for like 10 years and then it yeah. dies. Well, eventually. that's your brand. That's a big part of your brand though. Not, um, what did I read? You, you were saying it was kind of like, 
the other day that you said try and get it fixed, try and get yourself fixed before you actually throw it out or give it into, um, you know, charity. It's yep. one of your, just on the bottom of your website. I like that about the brand as well. It's like, I think a lot of ski clothing brands are not, they're like, just don't make it fast. Don't use it for one year now. Use it for a couple of years, but then hand it on. Give it to the family member or yep. take it back, get it fixed, you know, or buy a new one. <laughs> you know, you, know, yeah, you yeah. always want new. Whatever, whatever, whatever you need to do, but it, it doesn't make sense, you know, just keep churning and burning. Yeah. Um, and that, and you can sort of see that in our designs. You know, we have a lot of carryover designs and colorways. The core range, as we spoke about before, that's yeah. black. You know, it yeah. should say the same. It just mm. doesn't change. Yeah. Um, even with the base layers, we sort of have a, an understated design so that, you know, it just, you can wear it with anything. You can wear it in the street. You can wear it at the pub. Yeah, you can. It's a base layer. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it needs to be. I do wear my base layer to the pub, don't you? Like the black one underneath stuff. Oh, right. In Sydney, no. Yeah. In Parisia, yeah. I do. <laughs> no, I'll wear it in Sydney. I'm not that cold a person, though. I like, hate like, being cold. Being, I, I hate. I am, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sort of bad, but. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll no, the men, I, I won't wear the women's, like, you know, neck one, but I'll wear Jake's um, male base layer underneath stuff well, to the pub. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's where we're sort of moving to as well with some of the range and this goes into the lifestyle, but, you know, different fits, a little yeah. bit more relaxed fit, which is the same fabrics that we, that we yeah. have and that we're, that we're known for, um, and then the different weights. So, yeah. that, and that goes to that lifestyle, you know. The base well, yeah. layer has a performance, you know, it's like a, a performance design, yeah. um, but an understated aesthetic. So, you, you, we're not trying to be that... Mm. Uh, compression gear, you know, it's not yeah. to it, so it looks like you're some Euro and you take your gear off and you've got yeah. six pack hanging out. That's or what I was picturing be, but... at Emma in the pub, sorry, in the base layer. I was, that's where <laughs> no. my mind was going. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not, so, no. So, so, you're so, not standing there with your coronet peak and you're like zipped up to the neck. No, no that's, I'm that's why you don't, a... see big, you don't see big brand, you know, big logo brands. On yeah, it, you know, we've got very. It's um, like it would be like that with a, even yes. a slightly lower yeah, yeah, neckline and a little it's bit just, looser fit. You yeah, know, so yeah. Again, it just looks like yeah. it's meant to be worn there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You're not gonna come off you. And it's bike. bullet. It's bulletproof against yeah. the so, wind. Okay, so sorry. We're gonna go back to like kind of the beginning distribution and your factories. Mm. How did you find out? how to get into, like, you had this idea, you had this amazing thought, you knew it was going to work because it was a hole in the market. Mm. So did you go, okay, right, how do we get this produced? Where did you go? Uh, did you- that came down to my business partner. Okay, yeah. Um, Anthony. Anthony. We didn't, I mean, we had no experience. We had no idea yeah. what we were doing. And this was just, I think now, if we knew what we're getting into, we'd probably go, shit, really? Oh, really? I think that's a joy, though, business, isn't it? That, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think we've always been going home. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of it. No um, business plan. Yeah. No, <laughs> just, just an idea. Just, yeah. I, mean, you, I love it. You've got you to gotta have these ideas and just go with it. Yeah. But this came down to Anthony. He went, he went over to China and he went, you know, he spent, uh, he spent weeks over there just going through all these factories, finding wow. the right factories, um, having a look at the quality, having, having a look at what these factories represent. Yeah. Um, their working <clears> conditions, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. this came down to Anthony. We narrowed it down to, you know, a few, got samples done and, and that was it. But before that, there was no idea. You know, it really, you, you have to get over there and you have to go through it all. That's pretty amazing because I, I go to China a lot with my hubby for his business. For, um, and how do you find that? They're, they're, they're just factories upon factories upon floors upon floors. So that's yeah. amazing that he actually went, okay, no, nothing. I'm going to head into China and find, like, and then you found what you needed. Yeah. That is amazing. He did a lot of research beforehand, you know. Yeah. So that's what, that's what he did. And so that was instrumental in finding the right guys and the right partners, and it sort of evolved from there. That could and actually do small, because I imagine your first kind of out, output wouldn't have been massive, so they had to, you had to find a company that would do. Oh, we had issues. You just reminded me. So this, this is all the fun that, you know, like the shit you go through at the start. Yeah. Um, so the very first production that we had, did have, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't the suppliers and the, the partners that we have now, um, but the sock manufacturer it was it, it was good for what we needed yeah. um, and he had the right quality um, control with his workers and the, and the company but the end the end product wasn't as it wasn't where we needed to be to put the whole purchase order into the marketplace yeah so we sat there we had I think the order was for just under 6,000 pairs of socks yeah um, and we didn't have I think we had about half of that pre-booked with, with the wholesale side so we took a gamble on you know moving the rest of it through the season yeah which we did but we sat there once we received it into our backyard in North Narrabeen there. <laughs> yep. And we had a shed out the back yeah. there. But we went through every single packet. So every single pair 
So there's 12,000 socks that we we, we put brother in, we put beers on, we had head torches on. <laughs> and so we went through just about every night. It took about a week and a half and we went through every single sock to make sure that every detail was it. correct. Mm. That's uh, your product if yeah. you don't get it right the first so time. We found, we found quite a few defects that we didn't want to go into the marketplace mm. and we had to pull all that. And, mm. you know, we gave that to family and friends and gave some away to charity, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what we had to do in those early days. You know, that was our QC because we didn't know what QC was or who you could hire for QC or where to do it. Yeah. We just had to do it in the back shed with some beers and the head <laughs> torch on and a week and a half it was in the market and, yeah and that's yeah what it takes. and with the learnings from that you would have been go, gone back to him and gone hey yeah. <laughs> this is what we we can't yeah. use you if you don't supply us with what we've actually asked Correct. for don't try and hide one right sock yeah <laughs> that's and not going to match a left yeah and then, and then and then you're trying to find new supplies you know in the back yeah. of that so that you're retailing just one basket. do they can they make can the socks in the Shirts and the hats come out of the same factory? Like, sorry. Or potentially. Like... <laughs> no, no, potentially. No idea. But um, generally not. Yeah. So you have your sock supplier. Yeah. And then you have your cut and sew, which is which is your garments. Yeah. Um, beanies are remaining separate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's not – generally it's not out of one supplier. How, how is um, production holding up with the whole China thing going on at the moment? Not too bad. Um, there are delays yeah. uh, across the board, and especially in the merino market. So mm-hmm. over the last, say, six to 12 months, there's been a, a much higher demand for Merino products, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, but there's backlogs. So Australia, New Zealand, who else does Merino wool? Uh, which brands or? Uh, no, sorry, which countries? Produce. Produce, produce. yeah, sorry. Australia, New Zealand, South Africa South are big producers. South yeah. Africa? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, so there's from, so there is a, uh, there's a backlog that we're finding um, through sourcing the raw yarns. Merino is probably the, the, the slowest in our um, spinning partners. Yeah. Um, there's a big demand now for merino products, and there's also uh, logistics, so freight. There's, there's oh, yeah. multiple delays, and that's a global sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're not. It's Stuck not in the Panama Canal. That's a different issue. When you see photos coming out of LA ports, and there's you know there's yeah. up to. You know, there's up to two week delays just trying to get into LA, and I mean, this is across the board. But yeah. it'll be nice to see when that sort of backs off. But so you, you, so you've made it in Australia, I would say. Would you say you've made it in Australia? You're, you're, you're happy with where you are, or you need like? No, I wouldn't say we've made it. Um, very happy where we are in, yeah. in the snow market. Yep. Um, we've still got, you know, we've still got some growth to get out of the, the snow market. Yeah. Um, we've got some really, really exciting product extensions this year that we'll start. We'll sell yeah. them this year for next year. Uh, yep. Expanding into mid layers, and so that we've got you know merino quilting, full hooded jackets, and, oh wow, yeah, and hybrid jackets. Um, oh, that's and, exciting! And a much bigger yeah. expansion in, in the stock range as well. The outdoor market is um, it's an interesting one. It's a little bit more difficult. You know, a lot of the independents um, they've sort of they've disappeared over the last five to ten years, unfortunately. So the market's not as big as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so how do you get you got to go with the big players, don't you? That but I don't think, yeah, and we've made a decision not to go with the big guys. Yeah, good. Um, you know, try and support the independents, yep. but also just keep brand, um, you know, the brand value as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so does that mean that you have to go overseas to get the smaller markets as well? So you're off to camp, like, tell yep. us about your overseas adventures. Uh, so we distribute through New Zealand, yep. Canada, Mm-hmm. The USA, uh, Japan, and Europe now. So France, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, UK. That's awesome. Um, I'm disappointing after our first year over there with great results, but you know through COVID, COVID it's just yeah. put a bit of a, yeah. a break on that. But yeah. um, it's actually really exciting to to see how the brands actually sold through in the first year. Mm-hmm. But our biggest our biggest success story is in the states. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, we've we've resourced up. Uh, over the last four years and we set up our subsidiary so we're direct over there we don't use a distributor it's oh our, wow yeah it's our own brand our own company we own yep. we own Levin in the USA mm. um, we now have a sales team over there we've got two in-house staff um, our sales manager will be over there later this year to run the USA side of the business and we've got 13 um, individual rep, uh, commission based reps over over there on the ground for us now as Bingo. well <laughs> So states, yeah, that's really amazing. The states is going really, really, really yeah. well. Yeah. So, would you use? Do you use like a little? I know you've got like your amazing ambassadors, but would you? You know, would you go in and go into kind of ski schools and go, yeah. hey, you know, into Utah, into Deer Valley, and kind of score and everywhere like that? And because yeah. you know, you know how you get pro deals when you're on the skis and your skiers, guys, so they can recommend it to their guys in their groups. That's, that's tiny, tiny fries, no, no, that's but a, no, it's that's, that's, inter- big that's word instrumental. Now. Absolutely, we do that, and we've done it for a number of years. We go into Beaver Creek was a key one for us. Yeah, for a of, of years. course. Yeah. Um, 
We uh, we had Wendy Fisher out of Crested Butte for a number of years yeah. for a number of years supporting yeah. as an ambassador and through her um, her networks. But the screen instructors again, it's word of mouth. It's yeah. those guys who are on the snow all day, every day. Um, well, and if they best. believe it, absolutely. So if they believe that the product works, mm. and and they're in every condition as well, so yeah. they are some of the best product testers for you. You know, yeah. you can have your ambas- ambassadors who are, you know, they're out there. And, different levels of ambassadors you know you, yeah. you have those guys that are posting the aspirational shots and whatever exactly. and then you've got your athletes but mm-hmm. you know the guys on the ground are your 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 ski instructors your mm. ski patrollers as well oh ski patrollers of course because yeah. they yeah. are out a month yeah yeah, yeah. so we've got we've lifties. Lifties well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. all of those guys that are on snow yeah in those conditions the harshest of the conditions they need to be the ones that are looked after and mm. they're yeah. testing it and the best thing is that you know we we, we welcome feedback from those guys yeah know? so it doesn't matter what we do in the office we've got to test it but if these guys are testing it and mm. they say no look this thing fell down you can do it better here you listen to that stuff because yeah. they're instrumental so yeah. yeah it's definitely a brand that's growing through listening i think you guys are like hearing you today you've definitely gone okay that's needed let's yeah let's go that very, direction very you haven't just gone we're gonna yeah. do this because we're amazing and yeah. people will buy it it's actually you've responded to what is needed in the marketplace well there's only amazing. so much rah-rah and fluff yeah. you can do if the product's not holding up you know yeah it can be all shiny and whatever but it's got it, it'll speak for itself there's products that right. speak for for themselves and they don't need a lot of fluff on the top of them no i think it's really important to you know to, to create something that has meaning um, and has that performance, you know, like you have to create something that, that performs well, that, you know, make either people comfortable, they feel good in it, um, it helps them throughout the day. Yeah. You know, so it has to, it has to be a good product. Yeah. Because again, like you said, if, whether it's fluff or whatever mm. it is, yeah. it's, it's only going to be there for a short time. You rely on branding or yeah. Yeah. presence for a certain amount of time, but the product will be there forever, you know, if you keep creating good products, it, it will last. Yeah, yeah, and I hope you're enjoying our dogs in the background of, yeah, <laughs> of no, our interview. Really <laughs> got it. Dakota, and, uh, Dakota and Harley. Oh, oh, she's got a smile on her face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's freaky ass. <laughs> so, with your other ambassadors, before we move off that, you've got you've had Cody in the beginning with the Lascent, mm. and who else have you had? Michaela Davis, man. We do have Michaela. In yeah, class. yeah. yeah so she's, she's she's new on the team from yes um, end of last year, I believe. That, so that was rad to grab her. Yeah. Um, so we've had domestic, you know, back home, we've had, you know, all of our, <laughs> all of our Ambos and athletes for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get that, to get these global athletes, Cody Townsend. Yeah. Then we signed on Elise, his wife, Elise mm-hmm. Sorgstad. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how you said it last time. Yeah. Sor- Sor- <laughs> Me too, Sorgstad. I wasn't going to say it. Um, she's amazing though. She's I'm incredible. Yeah. Oh, she's gnarly. That was a no-brainer for us. I like yeah. her ads, like, well, try and keep up Cody. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two, clever. Those two are just—they are insane. And you see them on camera. That's exactly how they are in life. Are they? Yeah. yeah. And they just feed off each other. Wow. You know, so and that's and that's part of that marketing and why we got on because you know Cody's not scanned pretty much. He's not scanned that much anymore. He's he's about the mountaineering and yeah, that's so right. that's why that so sock you... was designed for the way up. Yeah. And she's the badass on the uh, way down. Yeah, she's, she is. She's, she's gnarly. Yeah. You see the shit she's scanned and how yes. she's skiing. Yeah. You know, she's a multiple time free world world, ch- uh, world champion. Yeah. Um, they're a pretty they're they're a good powerhouse dynamic yeah Yeah. dynamic duo yeah then we've got Sammy Carlson Um, yeah so he's our backcountry freerider he's been one of my favourite skiers you know do you go after who your favourites are and go I think you I think you should be on our team kind of got a bit of a hit list um so I got a bit of a hit list and I look at these guys I'm like man that'd be insane yes um so he I like Again, the aiming for the stars. I do. I like yeah. aim high. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. yes. you believe in your product, you know what the feedback's going to be. Yeah. You know that you should be able to get these guys. If they, uh, they believe in the product, but then they believe in the brand and, and your ethos and what you're doing, yep. you should get these guys. It's like our podcast. We get the best guests. We do. We do. Again, a funny but, story with Sammy. I forgot about that one. But I went on a, um, a cat skiing trip with my, with my dad a couple of years ago after one of the trade shows. Yeah. Mustang Powder up in Canada. Oh, you yeah. Mustang, so I went yeah. up there. And that was insane. And then, well, that's hard to get into a Mustang Palace. Yeah, we got very lucky. Oh, yes. two, people, two people pulled out and there's a spot. Oh wow! Because otherwise, that... it takes you know you can be on the list for like five years, you ten can. years. Yeah, definitely. We jumped at that. Wasn't cheap. still paying that off with the wife? <laughs> yeah, still eating both ends on toast. Came to dinner time. I think we were really dinner. I was leaving or whatever, and then Sammy Carlson walked in. I said, "Oh shit! Look at no way, Sammy." So I built up the courage and I, I just went over and spoke to him and then I said who we are and I got some socks and I gave him some Cody socks, told him, that's Cody sock at the trade show. 
Just say that, man. Test these things out and let's have a chat tomorrow. He was frothing. He was, he was pretty happy. Tested yeah. the next day and came, came back and said, man, they're insane. I said, all right, let's talk. And so he's on the team now. <laughs> Believing then, in yourself and believing in your product, isn't it? Yeah. Like, give it and a opportunities. So you, yeah. see, you see somebody in the, mm. you know, sitting down having a beer, and you're mm-hmm. like, let's get him. <laughs> Lucy Bartholomew, she was one of our, you know, for trial running. Trial? So homegrown. Oh, okay, I don't, I'm not familiar with Lucy Bartholomew is our homegrown athlete for trial running, and she's sort of one of the trial running prodigies. This came through an opportunity from um, Walshie, our sales manager. Yeah. At the UTA, the um, the ultra trail up in, in the Blue Mountains. She was 21, and while she was up there, Running the um, running the the Levent flag for her. he um, he saw Lucy. I f- forget how how he saw her or whatever it was, but she, you know she was an up and comer, um, sponsored by uh, Salomon. And he bumped into her and gave her some socks and said, "Test this out. This is the day before the race." Yeah. And so he said, hey, "Test these things out." Yeah. And she like, "Yeah, great." We didn't hear anything. We didn't. You know, it was just the day before the race. And then while she was on the track, the next day, whatever marker it was, and he saw her running past, and she's in the socks. Uh-huh. And we went, "Oh shit." This is either going to make us or break us. Yeah. You know, like, is it, is it either going to ruin her race? She's going to win or she's going to be really crazy. Oh, she's going to be pissed off at us. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, we give her a blister to whatever. Seven, five, <laughs> she won the race oh. at 21 on a, so on, on the 21st birthday, won the 100 kilometer. Um, and she was in our socks. So that was like, okay, mm. what are we going to do? So we spoke to her and she said again, she wore them that night. So she wore them around the house, wore them to bed and said, I love these things so much. I was going to run it against her judgment, but she never does. She never runs in any. So that again was an opportunity and that was through Walsh and he just saw her and gave her some socks and she yeah. wore them around the house and felt comfortable enough to, to run 100 k's in it the next day. It was like that old shit moment. Like, yeah. He yeah. had the old do moment yeah. they got the old shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, is, this is it or it's not. It's amazing. Think, that's the thing I love about hearing success this stories story, in, yeah. in business yep. is the, chant, the taking chances and yeah. really having everything on the line. Like, I mean, it doesn't sound like you've played it safe all the way along no, I mean no. how many times has there been like a moment of like gone like your wife's gone oh I don't think I really like you anymore we're back to living in a caravan <laughs> like has there been a moment of that or you've just gone we're going all in well with regards to the, with regards to the wife that happens all the time yes <laughs> um, yeah. but business no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah true it generally pays off within your business partners is there a risk taker and a like a yeah so you're the risk taker or I'm more the risk taker and Anthony's the one that mellows it out you need the yin I think if I was solely to run it by myself it would have been a good three years (laughs) I know you know and and Anthony's a very um, he's he's the one that grounds the ideas or the froth and then comes up with the froth and balances out and says no no, have you thought about it this way or we'll come up with a different idea Mm -hmm. yeah Um, so you definitely need you need both aspects in the business Mm -hmm. yeah so, so do you feel within the business that you've learned on job, obviously, but did you feel like you needed to go in and do a course to learn more about more fabric or anything like that, or you just learn on the job? Like for anyone that's listening and wants to start up a brand. Did you have a business plan? <laughs> we, this comes back to Anthony again. Yeah. This is why we need, you know. Yeah. Me? No. Yep. Anthony said, yes, we do. We didn't at the start. We just had an idea. Yeah. Um, but as that evolved, then... Mm-hmm. You know, I think I didn't, we didn't have one at the start, mm-hmm. but we evolved over so maybe one to two years. But yeah, there was definitely a business plan. Do you yeah. think if on. you started Labent this year, twenty twenty one, would you say that this is um, an environment of you've got to go with it and evolve, and you can wake up tomorrow and the the rules change, or do you need more structure? And you like, what do you think? No, I think you got to be pretty agile. Um, you don't, you know, yeah. definitely have to have. You definitely have to have structure in there um, with any business, um, but you need to be agile. You yeah. need to you need to move. Things change, mm. um, and I suppose that's the agility. Even when Cody came up, to be able to move fast. Yeah. You know, the bigger you get, you know, the, the sheer size of some of these companies, it takes a long time to to change the- or adapt. Mm. So I think, especially in these days, you need to be agile and move and adapt and look at opportunities and, and really manoeuvre through those. Sounds like a really good combination in business, doesn't it? Like you need your one that's grounded, going, hang on, hang on, yeah, hang on, business dreamer. plan, and then you need your do up. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys are really like where you're going. It's yeah. really exciting. And I love the story to hear from the beginning. Like, you know, we talked we talked to the guy from Shawfoot, the owner of Shawfoot the other day as well, you know, and he, he had a similar story. He just went, okay, right, I'm going to take, re- I want to ski there, so I'm going to do a retail outlet. Yeah. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's all that arrogant attitude where it's like, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And, and take not, a punt. Yeah, and, and like, not knowing what the outcome may be, it's just like... Yeah, just, okay. So if you had to have backing along the way, or it's just yeah. you've grown it small enough to be at the right time you have it. You know how some companies say, oh, we went too big too fast. Yeah. 
Like, was that a consider? Were you thinking that for you we guys? We were originally, or? and we were able to hold off for for a number of years. Yeah, um, we had a um, we had a first round investment a few years ago. Yeah, and that's really been it. Yeah, um, you know, we're, we we we've tried to keep it we've tried to keep it as organic as possible. Yeah, um, you know, we've we've had big eyes, but also we've had reality checks through it. Yeah, whenever you whenever something seems to be too good, a lot of the times it is. Um, so don't get ahead of yourself either. It, it, it hasn't been easy, obviously yep. cracking into the USA market and, mm. and going direct and, and, and being a, an Aussie an Aussie brand. Mm. There are um, there are headwinds that you've got to really sort of maneuver through. Yeah. But no, no, it's I mean you could go out early and you can try and raise a, a shitload of funds and lose a lot of the business at the same time. Yeah. Guaranteed. But or you your maintain. product gets taken out of your hand then too, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and then in the very first year that we tried to crack into the USA, we had a distributor over there. And, you know, the reason why we moved away from that is that we lost control of the brand. We didn't have transparency. We didn't understand how the brand was positioned in the market. We weren't getting the information so that we couldn't move or, or adapt. Yeah. You know, what the customer feedback is, mm. what the retail feedback is. And, and, and that's what you give up when you have a distributor. They, they own your brand in the, in the market, essentially. Mm. But to not have that transparency through your distributor, that's when we just said, look, we, in, in the biggest market that we want to focus on, we need to have full control of the brand. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, we made the decision just to keep chipping away at it. And yep. that's what we did. Yeah. What's your vision for the brand? Do you, How big do you want to get? I mean, when you talk about you want to keep control over your brand and you want to keep responsive to consumers, yep. how does that affect how big you want to get? Or are you able to... I mean, when we compare Shawfoot, I don't know if we can compare, but no, he has... Maintain control over a fantastic product. Yeah, he has, which is what it's yeah, really well. Yeah. No, I see us maintaining control over, over the brand. Yeah. Um, and as we grow, you know, we're just going to be growing our sales team and the, and the resourcing within the companies. Company culture is probably the most important thing that we're looking at now. Yeah. As we grow to get the right people in place, everybody that, that we want to bring into the company has to, has to, they have to have our, not so much ours, but they have to fit within the, that, that culture of the lifestyle and the, the business yeah. ethos and, and what we're trying to do. Um, obviously, we, we have a, a vision over the next five to ten years and where we want to go, um, what markets we want to play in and the sheer size of some of those markets. Yeah. But again, the brand that we've created, it's a, it's a, it's a fun lifestyle brand yeah. know, based on performance and comfort and we, we don't want to lose that. Mm. And I don't think we will lose that you know, by maintaining um, that culture. You can see where, how I rock up and how we live. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, I don't know what, what I, that says. You don't actually have socks on. No, oh. I, I don't, we, rarely, we, rarely, we actually rarely wear it because we, we live so close to the beach. I love it, I dare say, you know, I love it when the accountants or the suits come in for meetings into the office and, you know, they come, whether it's the first or second meeting, they come in there with their tie and their suits on. The second <laughs> yeah. or third meeting, they come in there, you know, they're fully undressed because they realise the office, it's, it's bare feet or the sand on the floor mm. everywhere mm. and it's, it's, it's just a matter of being relaxed and mm. working yeah. hard, playing hard. Um, maintain those good vibes and, and have a look at turn up, we, do your job, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then enjoy the benefits from that comes from it. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, if the surfs, yeah. if the surfs up, we're going surfing. If they're still on the ground, we're going down. We're going skiing. Yeah, we're going for a run, bike ride, whatever it is. Just yeah. you go, mm. and that and that keeps the mentality. Everyone's happy to come in. Mm. Yeah, because things get pretty stressful in any business. Mm. Yeah, um, true, especially with growing pains. But yeah, um, in terms of maintaining the business, I, I see us as maintaining that um, that culture the vision um, and the quality of product. Mm. Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm really glad yeah. we got to speak to you today. Like, okay. it's, yeah, finally. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit of a program. <laughs> yeah, it's all good and we've had dogs and everything in the background. But, yeah, it's been amazing. So thank you for sharing your story. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a journey. It's And it's, you know, I'm sure there's been hard times. It sounds really amazing, but I'm sure there has been a couple of hard times in there. And I used to have a lot more hair on the front of my head. Yeah. Anthony's hair used to be black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great. But yeah, so, but it is incredible to, for people to hear success stories from the ground, you know, like a little ski bummer, you know, <laughs> rat pack yeah. as Emma called you. I, I'm Food always fascinated to hear of kids, you know, Kuma, country towns, and where they get to is just incredible because, you, yeah. you know. Is Dad know, proud of you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. that's a big question, isn't oh. it? Sorry. No, no, no. He'll, be listening. He'll, be listening. he'll be listening in yeah. intently now. Yeah. No, I didn't know he is. Yeah, because that would have been big shoes to follow, I would imagine. Like, here's your dad owning parachute, that, well, not only running parachute at the time, and, you know, you've got to come through and go, hey, look yeah, at me now. Yeah, especially, I mean, 
We used to headbutt a lot. Yeah. Because the game was a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you've only got a five and a two. Sorry, your children are young. Get yeah. ready. It's coming, oh, I know. It's I, coming tenfold back at you. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what they're wishing. My parents are wishing yes. for that. They, yes. they, said that they said that ever since they were born. You know, uh, I, I, they hope they give it back to me. Um, yeah. No, no, he's, 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 um, he's very proud. Yeah, yeah, great. That's really and, you know, great. We, and I use him as a, you know, not only I, but you know, we use him as a sounding board. Yeah. Um, you know, because he's got some great ideas. He's got mm. some amazing experience. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm yeah, oh. pretty, pretty pleased where we're from. We've got a long way to go we'll from where yeah. we want to end up, but mm. it's, it's really cool. So, I guess as we wind up, we ask a question. Um, where's your favourite place to ski in the world? There's two. There's actually one or two. Two. Well, two you one. can say whatever you want. Cool. It is Valdez Air. Yep. Okay. Um, and it's Australia. Yeah. Ah. I, I should say Perisher because I grew up. I grew up in Perisher. Yeah. Still, it is still my favourite, but I've been enjoying skiing at Threadbow the last few seasons. Yeah, okay, but nice. Australia, I love Australia. Yeah. You know, it, it, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what people say about Australia. It's it's home. It, We're lucky to have snow in Australia when you think about where you know yeah. where we are. Yeah. Um, so skiing back home, it's amazing to me. It's true. Mm. I've yeah. had my best five turns from top to bottom in Australia. You only need two turns to froth. It is so true, yeah. and I have had them in Australia, and I'm like, wow. And yeah, yeah you do see the gum trees, don't you? Yeah. The gum trees are it's unique. yeah, it's unique. You get yeah. you, you get international skiers, and they come out here and they go, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. But for some reason, a lot of Australians look at it and they diss it, but I'm, like, I love skiing in Australia. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, same. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks, yeah, thank Simon. You. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.